Hello, everybody, and welcome. I am Peter Goldstein, founder and chief synergy officer for We Did It Health, where our mission is to empower grassroots ambassadors like you and I to inspire hopeful curiosity in our friends and loved ones so that they too can be curious and start their journey to shifting their lifestyle to one that's healthy for a healthy, happy, well-fed vegan world. And with that, I am so honored to be here with you this evening as we're launching into our wellness month. May is our health month. And so our featured speakers will be all about health. And I am honored to have Dr. Sally Lipsky with me tonight. And I'll tell you a little bit about her in a, in a minute. Uh, later on this month, we'll have people like Dr. Furman talking about a nutritarian diet, Dr. Clapper, whose special mission is to help bring uh, nutritional education to medical schools. Imagine that in the United States, at least, very few doctors get any education on nutrition, and it is absolutely so, so very important. So uh, that's just a preview of a couple of people that we'll have this month. We'll have numerous other guests looking at various aspects of health and nutrition, and you'll enjoy uh, seeing all of them and learning from them all. So with that, I am happy to have with us tonight Sally Lipsky, PhD, and her talk is, what is whole food plant-based eating and why is it important? And there's a lot of confusion around labels such as vegan and plant-based and whole food plant-based. And Sally will help shed some light on this. So Dr. Lipsky, Sally Lipsky, she's a PhD. Uh, she's also a late stage cancer survivor, a plant-based educator, a speaker, and author of Beyond Cancer, The Powerful Effects of Plant-Based Eating. In this special presentation, she shares how you can understand the distinctions between vegan and whole food plant-based eating, understand key health-promoting components of a whole food plant-based lifestyle, and help you become familiar with simple steps for meal preparation. Sally is passionate about a plant-based nutrition and how it impacted her life. With an extensive background in adult learning, Sally presents practical steps and tips for those unfamiliar with the whole food plant-based lifestyle and how they can easily incorporate it into their lives to improve health and wellness. In addition to her book, Sally is founder and president of the nonprofit Food for Health and leader of the Plant-Based Pittsburgh Group with the mission of creating communities of health-based and plant-centered food choices. So with that, I would like to welcome Sally, Dr. Lipsky here, and uh, welcome Sally. That was quite an introduction. Thank you. I'm honored to be with you, Peter, Chief Synergy Officer. This is this is an honor. Yes. Well, I'm honored to have you with us, and you're you're such a wonderful leader and educator, and uh, and of course have have been very influential in Pittsburgh and helping people shift their lifestyle for health. And certainly we're very honored in that you've also participated in creating our certification program. So uh, with that, we, we invite people to sign up and, and uh, become part of our certification program, get certified as, as a plan-based uh, ambassador, uh, go through communication skills and practices and, uh, and so please join us. Uh, we did it that health. And uh, if you go to certifications, you can get to the program and, and be part of it. So thank you, Sally. And we're so honored. You've done such a magnificent job. So many people have enjoyed that. But you know what? That's not what we're here for this evening. We're here for you to, to help people understand the distinctions between being 
plant-based and whole food plant-based, uh, which probably also means uh, limited salt, sugar, and oil, and and certainly is so powerful as it has been for you in, in uh, late stage cancer and so many people that that I've met uh, also along the way that that have had similar benefits. So. Um, Please uh, let me know when you're ready. We can bring on your slides. Okay, here's here's your presentation. And um, I'm anxiously looking forward to hearing you talk through it. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. So as Peter said um, earlier in the introduction, I came to this vegan eating through health. And... Uh, real quickly, he told you I was diagnosed surprisingly as as we often are shocked by late stage cancer. I had ovarian cancer and I was it often comes back. I was told to expect it back within 24 months. And I just by happenstance read an article in the local paper about food and diet and disease, which I never occurred to me really didn't I was thought I was living and eating a healthy um, lifestyle but then I started reading and researching and going to conferences and realizing wow there is a direct link between what we consume and in my case it was cancer cell proliferation but it's really through all chronic diseases as I'm going to show you so um, fortunately, I have not had a reoccurrence and it's been in, I've been in remission now for 15 years. So I feel very fortunate. So let me begin what Peter um, suggested that I'm talking about, which is especially the distinction between vegan and plant-based or as is often termed whole food plant-based. So if you can see the eating labels, I put omnivores to at the bottom, animal food, plant foods, vegetarians, yes to dairy, maybe eggs, vegans, no animal foods, and often they come to a vegan lifestyle through an ethical or more and more environmental um, standpoint, and then what I term as a healthy, healthful vegan, it is no animal foods, but minimizing the processed foods, the sugar, salt, and especially fats and oils. And as you can see at the bottom of this slide, if you look at the correlation between food and disease, it's almost a direct correlation that the omnivores have the highest of chronic disease and the whole food plant-based have the lowest. And it's a quality of life issue too. Longevity, well, overall well-being. So this is just an overview. As I said earlier, I came from a health perspective, at least, this is lifestyle medicine, at least 80% of chronic diseases. And as T. Colin Campbell, famously said, diseases of affluence. The more that we became more meat and animal food centric, the more we got as a population, coronary heart disease, number one killer, as well as all kinds of preventable lifestyle diseases, often termed foodborne diseases. So know that once we do start eating a whole food plant-based diet are it, it it's dramatic how quickly our body adapts and it adapts I'll, I'll show you a slide and what it does but also i wanted to point out that it is even though we have genetic predispositions that it is the food that we ingest that really impact our bodies at a cellular level and they can turn those genetic predispositions on or off. And the last point I wanted to make, it's not just physical health, but the, you can. there's lots of research that has been done on how it improves brain health, cognitive health, and also emotional 
aspects of our health. So whole food plant-based often termed WFPB and actually it's often termed just plant-based, but that term plant-based I can see over the last decade. I mean, now I think it was Hershey's. Was it Hershey's came out with a plant-based chocolate? So that shows you it's not always um, how it's being used in our current society. But what it means is eating multicolored. And the, I put multicolored because it is those different colored plant foods really have different vitamins, mineral, nutrients. And when you eat a multicolor over time diet, it really the synergy of how these plants work together to really maximize our nourishment and our nutrition. So the four food groups are grains, vegetables, legumes, and fruits. And I think a lot of people, when they first go on a whole food plant-based diet, their perception is, oh, I'm gonna have to eat salads all the time. And you'll find out you can't do that. You can't insist on salads alone. But, um, and there's no one food, that's the other thing, that there's no one food that, you know, is so important. There's something you don't like, I always say, that's fine. So as um, why? Why is it so important to eat a multicolor synergy and mixture of plants? They have, plants have what are called phytonutrients. And the four aspects of phytonutrients that are so important for our health are the anti-inflammatory, so we often hear about inflammation, especially with COVID. We've heard more and more about immune system and inflammation and antioxidants. 64 times more antioxidants in plants than animals. And the last is really important. The whole food plant-based, it's fiber. And I just wanted to show you from... Um, this is the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutritional Studies, but this is shows you the same amount of calories of plants. And these are the whole food plants, the tomatoes, spinach, lima beans, peas, and potatoes versus the animal products. And you can see that clearly the plants went out. And I'm sure if you have eaten plant-based or vegan or, or tendency to do that, People are already asking you about, we'll talk about that. Where do you get your protein? How do you get all kinds of things? But um, you'll see here that the protein is essentially equal. The calcium, it's amazing the calcium. Well, I have a slide on that in a little bit here. But you can see magnesium, folate, all these important nutrients. And the ones that we don't, we want away from, such as the cholesterol, um, there is none, there is none. So as I mentioned, protein, protein, we're sort of fixated on protein. This is the recommended, at the top you will see the recommended daily. You really is, if you wanna figure out, it's 36% of your body weight in grams of protein. So for the average male, it's 50 to 60 grams, and the average woman, it's 40 to 50 grams. So, you know, if you take 36% of your weight. And you can see on the right side there, it says what are average eaten. And even, as we know, the vegans get more than adequate amount of protein. And I put, it looks like this, my chart didn't come out. Um, lined up like the way I had it in the PowerPoint. But you see, yeah, I had no idea when I started this that the broccoli has protein, you know. Well, spinach, you're pretty sure of those who remember Popeye. But um, some of these things, the pastas, potatoes, you just don't realize till you start looking on the labels. Wow, there are proteins and it adds up pretty quickly. So as I mentioned a couple slides ago, that fiber is only found in plant foods. 
And we know that fiber, there is a relationship between fiber and chronic disease. The lower the fiber, the more likely it is that you will get a chronic disease. That it is related to amount of fibers related to diabetes, obesity, so all of those things that I have listed there, high blood pressure. Again, the minimum amount of fiber recommended by the government is 25 grams for women, 33 grams for men. And this research study that I'm referring to of almost 13,000 Americans, less than 3% of the population got even the minimal amount of fiber. You know, and it's just, it's crazy, you know, and that we know if you're a whole food plant-based, you're getting so much fiber. Yes. And calcium, I just wanted to mention here that plant-based calcium sources are better absorbed. You'll get a lower amount of fractures. Cow's milk, dairy milks are highly acidic, but also it is association between dairy, milk, the casein, the protein, and all kinds of um, various physical maladies. It's related to, in my case, I'd had no idea that's related to hormonal cancers that is prostate, ovarian, breast cancers, but also all kinds of other things such as arthritis, skin problems, respiratory. And it, this bottom chart will show you that how you can get so much calcium eating whole food plant-based diets. And this one I spent oh, a few slides on um, fats have creeped into our standard American diet more and more and more over the last 30 years. And we also know that people who eat a lower fat diet tend to have lower disease. One reason is that oils, all oils, are very, very highly processed, that they are very inflammatory. They go right to the endothelial lining and the coronary arteries, high blood pressure. So this is one a sticky point here for many people who are vegans, especially, and, and thinking about that versus whole food plant-based is to reduce the amount of added fats and oils that you're eating. And you can see that um, on the right side, that stomach, if you look at 400 calories of oil versus 400 calories of vegetables, it's a huge difference in satiation. And 400 calories of oil, there, that really isn't a lot because I put that chart at the bottom. 120 calories is one tablespoon of olive oil. And that, as we know, for salad dressing, for roasting, people use a lot more than one tablespoon per serving. You can eat 25 of the small green olives and get 120 calories. And when you eat those 25 small green olives, you're getting fiber, you're getting nutrients, and you're feeling full. Probably full before the 25th one. So this is what, just to give you a little background, why is this even olive oil? People are thinking all this touting of oil. There's no healthy, for the body, there's no healthy oil. And the reason is that when you're eating oil, it's very similar to when you're eating um, something like highly salt, very sugary things that it, it goes right to that brain that triggers, oh, pleasure. 
you know, happiness. This is good. But what this has, not more than a half hour after a meal, it starts getting, as I said earlier, that flow, that endothelial lining, that function in your arteries, it's decreasing it, it's slowing the digestion, and it's converting itself to fat and, and cholesterol. And it can greatly impact our gut bacteria. Okay, and all of this, of course, is added inflammation in our body, which we want to avoid. So this is one chart that shows you over the 40 years, shows you the amount of added fats, oils, dairy fats that we have eaten over these 40 years. And it has increased. Um, it's, it's in a lot. It really is. U.S. consumption of added fats, oils, and this includes um, the dairy, but you can see there, again, it's 40 years, we've added 67% more to added fats and oils. Salad and cooking oils have gone up 348% in consumption. So I put this there just, I looked up Dr. John McDougall and, and he has some, I think, very um, handy ways to cook. I, when I'm cooking at home, I do not have, I don't have any oils at home. So I go alternate ways of doing it. And I saute, I just saute with water most of the time. You're not going to know the difference, but you can use all these things, soy sauce, broth, you know, wine. There's different ways that you can saute. And also I've learned how to brown vegetables using Dr. McDougall's is that Non-stick non frying pan works wonders with so many things that you're going to use. Um, but also like things like pancakes that tend to stick, whatever. But if you add a little bit at a time, you're going to, it's going to start evaporating. It's going to start, but, and you will have those delicious browned vegetables. And baking, you know, I bake, I love baking in because I still have a sweet tooth. And so I tend to use I use a lot of ripe bananas, applesauce. So let's go about, so a few slides here. And it's like, okay, I mentioned, I'm going to give you some practical, what tends to work for me. Um, so when I was getting my certification from the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutritional Studies, this is what he came up with. If you are going to optimize your health, this is 80% of your daily calories can come from complex carbohydrates. That was like an eye-opener to me because that is going to give you the complex carbohydrates. Those are all the grains, tons of different grains, all the legumes, the peas, the chickpeas, lentils, beans, and all the starchy vegetables, the um, zucchinis, the pumpkins, the squashes. Those are going to fill you up. They're going to provide fuel for you. So you move from grouch your day and they have the fiber. Ten, you only need 10% of your calories from protein and 10% of your calories from fat. And that is fat primarily from whole plant, you know, not the oils, as I said earlier, the olives versus the olive oil. So that's what max, that's what optimizes. I have done mine looking at calorie counts and, you know, I, I still have a, proclivity for dark chocolate. 
<laughs> some of mine. But I also wanted to show you this chart, why complex carbohydrates. Um, a lot of the goods, a lot of the foods, vegan type of foods, are not based on complex carbohydrates. They're based really on the simple, more refined carbohydrates. But those complex carbohydrates really, as I said here, get you moving. Um, they your, keeps your blood sugar at a, at a nice level. And it's going to keep you full. So as, as John McDougall says, you're on a starch diet. So what did I do? Because I don't like to cook. I always say I assemble more than I cook. Um, I judge recipes by the length. So, and I tend to go with, I think many people do with, you're eating, if you're at home, you're eating the same thing. You tend to find what you like. So I start, I, I th always think, what are the complex carbohydrates? That's my foundation for any dish, any meal. That's where I'm going to go to. I, I love oatmeal. I'll eat that a couple times a day. Um, potatoes. Oh, my gosh. Potatoes are always, sometimes I just wrap a potato up and put it in my purse for a snack. And then you can add all those non-starchy vegetables, fruit, any variety that, you know, you tend to like. And certainly frozen if you're living, you know. In the northern areas, like I am a northern state, you're not going to get fresh. And if it's shipped in, it oftentimes you don't realize how the shelf life, but frozen or flash frozen. So they keep the nutritional value overall. And then you add the flavoring. Um, I do recommend, though, that you go with an oil-free dressing and sauces. And there's, again, there's tons of recipes, but... Hey, if you email me, if you go to plantbasedpittsburgh.com, there's a contact there. Um, and if you have, certainly after this, if you want recipes, I can direct you to recipes or um, what other questions that you may have. So I wanted to show you some examples with those three steps, the complex carbohydrates. First one is oatmeal. Then I add berries to it. Because this is another thing that I approach to eating. How It's not what you don't eat. It's also what you do eat. So I always think color, color, color. That oatmeal with berries needed some greens on it. So I threw on some arugula. Of course, you know, I think a little crazy, but I like arugula. Um, that multicolor is, is real important. I oftentimes, you know, as they say, you eat with your eyes. So you want something that looks good and colorful. So you can go with, you know, a, a, a bagel, hummus, slice, um, the pancakes, the French toast. Yeah. If you want to fuss a little bit more, if you like to cook, sure. And then lunch and dinner, some examples there. As I said, I, I eat potatoes a lot because they're easy. They store well and they're so versatile. But anything I make, I'm going to make in quantity because I adore leftovers. It's such a thrill to have leftovers for me. <laughs> and then I also adore having things in the freezer that I can take out and defrost and just put it in the microwave. That's up. And here's some more examples. Pizza, pasta. This the pizza. I don't make my own. I buy the pizza shells. And then it's a great way to add whatever is, of course, leftovers on there. And one pot meals. Um, Jeff Novick, the nutritionist has 10 minute meal and, and he's, I really appreciate that, you know, that 
the one in the upper left corner is, is something that I influenced by him where you can make in 10 minutes, make some quinoa, throw in some black beans, open a can, open some mixed vegetables. And I go a lot with the um, tomatoes in canned or boxes. And then I also like spicy. So salsa was there. But any kind of sauteed to potatoes, leftovers from a restaurant that you make into a salad. It's all good. So, oh, this is off. So I, to summarize the points that I, the message that I'm hoping to get across is that foods that you will eat on a day-to-day -day basis have not only immediate impact, but they have lasting and profound impact on your sense of health and your sense of well-being. What you do eat, the grains, again, legumes, vegetables, and fruits are important as what you don't eat. Um, but I never call food bad. You know, I, I don't use that terminology. Some are better for you, certainly, than others. It can be simple and very inexpensive. And the last thing is, it's key to have a sense of community, what you're doing. Because the number one reason that people tend to, who go into eating plant-based, plant-centered, that they go back to animal foods is a sense of isolation. So having a sense, a community, whatever it may be, people who are supportive, people who, so that you're the norm. You know, it's called that contag contagious behavior that what you're eating influences others, your lifestyle influences others and vice versa. So I always say, find your tribe and we did it. Health, of course, is your community here. So I'm going to ready here to take your, any thoughts that you have, any questions that you have, feedback from you. You can put it in the comments, I'm sure. Yes, Sally, that was a beautiful presentation. Thank you so very much. And we have lots of people from all over the country uh, who are saying hello and, and chiming in with us. Uh, Washington, Chicago, Texas, uh, just to name a few, and everybody's uh, excited for this presentation. Let me remove it so we can see, see you much better. Um, and we do have a couple questions, um, and let's see. We have a question here from Vegan Pundit. Does age affect protein synthesis? Do you, can, you, uh, can you address that? Well, I have heard that also, that you age, you need more protein. Look up. There's a video, Michael Greger and nutritionfacts.org addresses that. Okay. He will give you straight from the research on that. But um, there isn't much, there isn't a lot of effect, according to him. So, so go to that and, and get from his mouth what he says about that. He's Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And, uh, he he's an, he's amazing and his organization is phenomenal and I, I'd love to say something about it. Uh, I've seen him talk a couple times, uh, Dr. Uh, Gregor, and he has this really great sense of humor. And uh, uh, he's so he says that their, the mission of his organization, nonprofit, is to review every nutritional study in the English language. So they look at every study, they look for things like, is it a sponsored study, is it biased, is it peer reviewed, is it valid? And they sift out the valid studies and then and then summarize and synthesize and, and the website is amazing. You can search anything and everything that you could imagine uh, on nutrition and health. Uh, and it's all, of course, plant-based, whole food, plant-based. 
Um, let's see, another question here. Uh, well, this is this is more of a comment. Uh, vegan knowledge, JJ. She's she's loving your presentation. It explains everything, starting with what whole food is, and just uh, this, she's she's loving it and says thank you. I'll yeah. Um, let's see. Then we have a bunch of people saying hello. Hello, everybody. And here's another question from Rebecca Allen. Uh, do you have a favorite gluten-free pasta? Chickpea pasta is the one I go to most often, but I've I know I've tasted black bean pasta also. So if I said that, chickpea, yes. So do you have do you have problems with it uh, falling apart? As No, I can't re I I can't say that I do. Hmm. hmm. Is it because you're cooking it too much or overcooking? I always have my pasta. I like it really al dente. So I always prefer to undercook. I don't I I do. That it tastes better to me that way. Excellent. So we, we also have Angela, Dr. Angela Crawford, appreciating your presentation. And thank you for being with us, Angela. Um, thank you, Angela. Yes, she's yeah. wonderful. She is wonderful. And and uh, she's, uh, she's written a book that we based our certification training your work on uh, with, with us and uh, seven best practices to inspire hopeful curiosity with our friends and loved ones. Um, so everybody, thank you all for being here. And uh, we certainly have plenty of time for other questions. And um, I have a couple comments. Uh, I I would like to, you, you've talked about color, Sally, and I've heard doctors talk about how the colors, different colors are indicators of, of a variety of nutrition. So different colors are, are from different nutrients. Um, and eating, so eating the rainbow uh, is what we want to look at to, to get all that variety of nutrients. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you can even, those who are, if you want to look at that, go on to Physician Committee Responsible Medicine, PCRM.org, and they actually have a chart on eating the rainbow and they show you um, different colors and what different foods and, and, the nutrient that you will get. Beautiful. So uh, we also have somebody asking for you to talk about smoothies. Okay, that's a good question. Um, are smoothies recommended? Yes and no. Okay. They always say that Chew, eat your food, chew the food for maximizing, chew it well for the nutrients as opposed to drinking. So having said that, um, smoothies can be a, a nice way to, if you have digestive issues, I have smoothies a lot and you want to put a lot of greens in. So are they recommended? They're fine. And my, you know, they're good. They can be very helpful. Don't rely on them. I guess that's what I'm saying. That, that, and if you make smoothie, make chunky ones too. The chunkier ones you can do that really add that chewing aspect into it. The digestive enzymes. So I, I do make smoothies. I, and I put them on top of my oatmeal and I'm, yeah, in the morning. But it's a good way to get for me to get the different colors in lots of greens. Beautiful. I know uh, Dr. Esselstyn, uh, another one of the leaders in the whole food plant-based movement who's who uh, 
claims that uh, a very strict whole food plant-based lifestyle can make somebody heart attack proof and within days and he's i've seen him talk about how actually the process starts with our chewing so releasing and i i can't repeat all he says and i recommend looking at his work but uh chewing starts certain enzymes that then um then have a major impact on on our arteries on on the endothelial layer and i really can't get into the technical details of it because i'm not a doctor and i don't i don't know it all but it's just amazing that it does start with the chewing chewing the foods and releasing the enzymes and then clearing up the arteries and and the plaques so uh he's he's done amazing work so many doctors in in this field that have have shown the power of nutrition and and reversing chronic diseases. Yes, I know. It's amazing. It is amazing. I do just put a cautionary. Well, we're talking smoothies. Juicing is another story, okay? Um, because you're taking out all the bulk when you're juicing, and you're really refining it. You're getting more sugars, more... So it, it's good if you want that burst of nutrients or need a burst of that sugars, but be cautious. Or if, again, if you have some reason post-surgery or something that you would need um, some juices in you, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, it's not recommended. Right. So like orange juice is an example I remember hearing about is how eating an orange with all the fiber and drinking orange juice, the difference and how hypoglycemic it is. Yes. And is that yes. the technical yes. term? It's so yeah, if right. we, you're drinking orange juice, all the sugar just rushes into our blood system. But eating the orange with all the fiber and slow release of, of the sugars and everything. Uh, makes a huge difference right yes yeah, oh and so just as i'm saying this we have what about juicing fresh organic veggies and fruits so i would i'd make a smoothie over juicing because mm -hmm. you're going to keep that fiber you're going to keep the skins in you're going to keep um so i i think i would i would make a smoothie more than mm -hmm. juicing yeah yeah and and talking about fiber i i'm just amazed uh you cited that only three percent of american population has enough fiber and of course that's most of those are whole food plant-based people so exclude whole food plant-based um, consumers and and that means virtually no american has enough fiber and and it's just amazing how the the thought process, the the marketing, the the publicity is all about protein. Eat more protein. Eat more protein. And and I've also heard that there's virtually no such thing as a protein deficient American. Exactly, except for alcoholics. <laughs> the main driver for are alcoholics, and that study I referred to, there was a group of teenage boys, I'm going to say 14 year old that had like on a daily basis had almost no fiber in their system. It was, yeah, it's incredible how much, how, and we get, that's what we think is norm, you mm -hmm. know, and that fiber it's taking, you know, when we eat something, the fat, you want the fiber because you want to absorb the good nutrients, but you want what you, the excess or the toxic or whatever is going, you want to eliminate it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, amazing, amazing information. And, and the whole food plant-based lifestyle is all evidence-based. So everything yeah. that you're speaking about, everything on Dr. Greger's site, everything that PCRM and Dr. Esselstyn and Ornish and, and McDougall and, and Furman, it's, it's all absolute scientific, peer-reviewed, valid studies. And there's tens of thousands of these studies that that show all the various aspects of, of nutrition and health. Um, 
We need to go back to peasant diets. Peasant diets, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, think of the China study with T. Colin Campbell he did in the 80s. That was just, yeah. Yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, Sally? he showed that, well, he happened, it was, um, he wasn't actually looking for it, but his another a Chinese scientist named they were studying the population, and he just noticed that this is where he saw the animal protein, the, the part of the rural China where really didn't, it's like the blues. Can I just say the China study and the blue zones are very similar. If you know the blue zones with Dan Butner, it's like the populations that eat, if they eat meat or see an animal food, it's like celebratory. It's like how it used to be more expensive, less widely available. So we'll eat it, you know, we'll have that steak on your, you know, on your birthday in two months or something. Um, and the populations who ate the grains, the beans, the legumes, those are the populations that really fared much better. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have, more doctors have switched to being whole food plant-based then uh, for the reasons of the China study, they've read the China study and that's what convinced them. And these doctors that are science-based and evidence-based and, and, and want proof, absolute proof and evidence of everything, more of them I've met that have switched to being plant-based because of the China study. Yeah, it's uh, powerful. It's, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And, it's I uh, from what I understand, it's the largest epidemiologic study ever, and I believe they reviewed um, death certificates, death records, and they came up with the conclusion they found that people weren't dying from cancer and heart disease, and and in in rural China. Uh, you know, a few decades ago, and of course, everything has changed now that so the, so much of the world is eating more of an American diet. It's, yeah, yeah. The, what we the, have exported. Yes, we have exported the chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. So we have a question here about supplements. Okay, um, B twelve. <laughs> um, yes. 2.4 micrograms are recommended a day. So you want to take a B12 supplement and maybe a vitamin D3. I would recommend, especially if you live further north like I do, but it's often recommended. Those are, and if, ah, this is another one. Go to nutritionfacts.org. I wish I could put, Michael Greger has, you can upload the PDF of what, how much he recommends and the type of, of B12 and D3. And if he recommends DHA, all those, that's a good source, but yes. So right. And, and any kind of, I don't, if you're asking for brands, yeah. I don't think there's well, any particular that I know. Right. And, and most doctors really say that we get all the nutrients from a, from a whole food plant-based diet that we could ever need. So with the exception of B12, from what I understand, yes. uh, because we'd have to eat dirt to, to get that. I, I believe I, I understand that animals, as they eat off the ground and take in the dirt, they, they do have the B12s, but certainly we can get that out of supplements and, right. and don't, right. don't need to, don't need to be torturing animals and killing animals and, all that suffering. Let's and see don't what harm we yourself with doing too many supplements. That's that's also that's there, you can you know do yourself harm with over supplementation too. I'm sorry. Did you say you can or cannot? You can. You can. You can. It's not one of those. And items is usually better 
tolerating the body when you eat it as opposed to supplements, whatever it may be. Garlic, I see you know, some people take garlic supplements. You know, put it in your food. It's better tolerated. Yes. Well, moving on here, we have Anne. Conversations with a friendly vegan. She, she's a lovely person, and she, she does some beautiful work with that. And she says she's curious if you get any pushback. Imagine that. No, there's no such thing as pushback. Any pushback from other nutritional professionals and physicians? And if so, how do you deal with them? Well, that's that's a huge question, and that's that's worth a whole big conversation. But, Sally, what's your experience with that? Um. When I first started this, when I go to my oncologist for my visits and checkups, and they're you know excellent, but as I said, they just didn't have they don't have the background as you mentioned in any kind of nutrition. I mean, I got excellent care, excellent treatment. I was they didn't discourage me. One time I saw my chart, they, they made a little note, beyond cancer woman, they referred to because I gave them a copy. Of my, in fact, I even in the, um, my book, I, I recognize them for the care that they gave, gave me. But um, I've noticed over the years, they've become more and more accepting, I think, of the fact that nutrition, lifestyle can play a very key role in health I, I so have i gotten any pushback no i think the if i the main pushback i've gotten is from nutritionists who were um or dietitians who were gone through the traditional um curriculum that really overlooks whole food plant-based the, the American Dietetic Association, yeah. And, and with that, I'll take a moment to plug our guest. Next Wednesday at noon Eastern time, it's going to be Dr. Clapper. And he's he's been plant-based and vegan uh, maybe all his life for certainly for a very, very long time. He's a leader in in uh, whole food plant-based nutrition and medicine and his passion his mission is to to get medical schools to offer nutritional training and so join us at noon next wednesday and ask him all about his experiences with the pushback from from uh doctors and medical schools and the the pharmaceutical and medical industries or fields I, uh, because it's it's really very interesting how doctors go through all their training and and they're amazing. Most of them are phenomenal, amazing, caring people, so dedicated to to human wellness. But they they haven't been trained on nutrition, so they they only know how to match up the right prescriptions, the right procedures with certain diagnoses. So, uh, Anne and everybody, please do join us next Wednesday. Um, here we have JJ who says she loves lentils. <laughs> Good for you. Yes. All right. Let's Thank see what else. We... Okay. We have Anne again. Um, she's curious if you, well, no, we just did this, didn't we? Yes. Right. Yes, we did. Thank you very much. I just read recently that you need K2 with D3. Um, I don't, I've never read that. So, um, yeah, I don't know what K2 is. Even. Yeah. Yeah. And JJ, um, we do have some doctors coming up this month. Uh, Dr. Furman, Dr. Clapper, uh, I think we'll have a doctor, Dr. Lucky, who, who actually did get a nutritional program, the first nutritional program in a medical school. So uh, we do have some doctors coming by, and some of these really medical technical questions are, are best 
to be shared with them. So please join us through the month as, as we feature health and, and get the doctors who really can answer um, questions that we lay people uh, really want to be very careful not to not to misinform. Um, let's see what else. Let's try this one here. Ronnie, um, do you know of anyone who has lowered their LDL on a whole food plant-based SOS-free diet? Um, and, and when they have fam familial hypercholesterolemia i have no Emia. idea what familiar <laughs> yeah i i say so that for I, the doctors say that for physicians yeah right so ronnie if you if you if you're meaning a uh, high tendency genetic genetic high tendency for cholesterol is that is that kind of what you're you're asking about here and um yeah, lowering lowering cholesterol with the whole food plant based lifestyle is is really powerful. I've I've seen studies, particularly one study that showed that having uh, having steel cut oats for breakfast every day is equivalent to um, to what, what's the medication for cholesterol. Um, Oh, statins, uh, taking a statin? It's, it's, it's equivalent to taking a statin, yes. And so there is that kind of research. So it's, it's absolutely, uh, it's, it's rare and probably, and again, I'm not a doctor, but, and there's always exceptions, but by huge percentage, uh, a whole food plant-based, it's, it's the fiber, it's, it's not having the oils, whatever it is in there. But I know, so for me personally, I can talk about my experience. I, my cholesterol and triglycerides were off the charts. And when I changed to a whole food plant-based diet, my blood work came towards normal. It was uh, just slightly high from normal without any medications. I, I, I haven't taken prescriptions and I lost 50 pounds and, and my blood work came to be within a, a normal range from being off the charts high. So it's... It, we have done 10 day community um, RX, you know, 10 day like a jump start, just to sh get people on the um, whole food plant based diet. And it is amazing the biometric blood work before and after 10 days. It can be, it's amazing. It's unbelievable how um, quickly what you're eating can change your body, change your health. Yeah. So here, uh, Ronnie, again, she says she's been vegan for 35 years and whole food plant-based for three years. And then she says she still has high LDL. Yeah. So I, I have to say that I've known people that still, still struggle with their cholesterol, but, um, yeah, I, so I don't want to, I feel uncomfortable answering that, not being a physician. But um, if you go on the sites, Ronnie, there there are some doctors that have information about it. Um, certainly, Gregor. Certainly, uh, or if you email me, I will. I would. I'll steer you in that direction. But type in for nutrition facts. Um, the McDougal. Heston, John McDougal, MD, and um, who else might? Yes, Ugh. I'm blanking anything else. Maybe the PCRM.org would have it, but I know the other two would, definitely. And, yes, and Ronnie, please join us on, on the 20th of May at noon Eastern. Dr. Furman would be an excellent doctor to ask excellent. ask about yeah. it and have a conversation. So please do join us noon on the 20th. Right. Um, he'd be happy to talk about it. Dr. Riss, who's a vascular surgeon, he's, he's with us the 27th on Saturday the 27th, and he'd be an excellent person to be asking those questions to. Um, 
besides that, we have Dr. Shereen Kassam on the 17th, who would be able to, to speak to that as, as an MD, as a doctor. She's with us the 17th, which is two weeks from today, and she's with us at 11 a.m. Eastern. So these are doctors who I know would love to, to have a conversation with you about LDL from a scientific medical perspective. So, yes, we are almost out of time. Uh, and the last comment here, Dr. Nancy, that must be you, Dr. Lipsky. I love I loved that presentation. I really enjoyed how you gave the facts and then examples of meals, because I think most beginners wonder, what will I eat? So thank you, Dr. Nancy. Dr. Nancy, that's that, that would be Dr. Sally, wouldn't it? Who's Dr. Nancy? But yeah, so, so Dr. Lipsky, Sally, thank you so much. Um, and JJ, thank you for joining us. I, I noticed that you're with us so frequently and really appreciate you being with us and, and, uh, look forward to seeing you here and everybody else too. We're at the top of the hour. So I think we're going to wrap it up here tonight. And again, thanks everybody. Uh, please, uh, uh subscribe to our YouTube channel and, you can watch this replay and and so many others we have we've we've been blessed with so many amazing people as guests whether it's medical or animal compassion or or uh, emotional well-being just across the board leadership just so many wonderful things so so please do check out our our library of videos and and stay with us through may and then in june we're going to be looking at at uh, thriving emotionally and we have some some wonderful guests and some some surprises in june so everybody thank you so very much for for being with us sally thank you for your beautiful presentation and look looking forward to next time good night everybody goodbye